Hey there, fellow pop culture nerds, Christian from the Proton Pack podcast here. Tony and I recently made the transition to host our podcast at anchor.fm, and they made switching from our previous podcast host an absolute breeze. Whether you're old pros like us or new to the podcast game, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. In fact, you don't even need the complete tech setup that we use. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. That includes creation tools allowing you to record and edit your podcast, which you can do right from your phone or computer, and it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And as you gain traction with your show, you can easily make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Chris, and with me always is the Samwise to my Frodo, Tony. Say hey, Tone. Hello. (laughs) Is that what Rudy sounds like? I don't really have a Rudy voice, you know? (laughs) Here I go. Hey, gee, golly willikers! That's not even right either, but let's go with it. (laughs) Howdy doody. Probably a little bit closer, but uh, yeah, if we're making Lord of the Rings references, uh, it's always safe to go with. Uh, I can uh, I can just do Smeagol. I think exactly that where I can go. Thou shall not pass. Welcome to another edition of the Proton Pack Podcasts with my hostess, Christians Myers. It's a good one. That was a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, as we mentioned in the last week's episode, uh, we are now on more services. So um, you don't have to rely just on Apple iTunes in order to get the podcast now. You can now get it on Spotify, Google Spotify. Play, uh, Stitcher. There's a couple uh, others that I can't think of what they are right now. <laughs> other popular podcast outlets. Yo, Kevin Smith, Smodcast. Uh, The other thing that uh, we've been talking about and going to try and do for our next episode is do uh, video recording with it. So that way we can put it on a brand new Proton Pack podcast YouTube channel. So uh, if you prefer to watch your podcasts, um, hopefully everything will work out and uh, you'll be able to see our ugly mugs uh, as we drop some geek and nerd knowledge on you. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I can't just space off aimlessly into the sky anymore. I'll have to look right in the heart of the camera and make sure I have no boogers for you to see. 
The uh, the other thing, and something we don't do too often on the podcast, is uh, just wanted to do a couple shameless plugs for some of the other things that uh, Tony and I have going on in our lives. Uh, for me, my primary job, primary gig, is that I run a dog rescue nonprofit called Rough Riders, and uh, we uh, do dog transports. We pull dogs from uh, kill shelters and bring them to uh, northern nevada here where they get a second chance at life through foster and adoption so if you're an animal lover and you want to uh, know more about what we do with that uh, i do also do a podcast for uh, that side of the business called rough riders rescue tales uh, but you can check us out on roughriders.org yeah real good organization awesome um why we have a shameless plug i mean in a modified nutshell because we have a power-packed episode for you um you should share the story because chris and i actually got to see each other which is a rarity this last week and uh yeah i'm sure that's on your current podcast uh over there but uh just a just a quick one for our listeners uh just just your magical carpet ride trip <laughs> well it's a really the, uh, midwest there you go yeah i mean it's a uh... Honestly, it's a really long story, but the uh, long and short of it is that uh, I transported what was supposed to be four dogs ultimately ended up being three because one of the dogs was unfit to travel, uh, but from Reno to Ohio uh, to bring them back to their mother. And uh, it was a action-packed um, adventure to say the least had all kinds of uh, rental car problems uh, as i mentioned one of the dogs wasn't able to come because of uh, some behavioral issues but uh, yeah we got a chance to uh, meet up when i stopped over in denver uh, we saw captain marvel together which we'll give our review here on in a little bit but uh, yeah if you want to know the rest of the story uh, head over to roughriders.org it'll be on the next upcoming podcast um, or on our facebook page which is just uh, facebook uh, at rough writers saves yeah and i i recommend the read the read is actually it's i feel bad that you went through that on a personal level i mean it was a rewarding end um but the article you posted was uh not only entertaining it was heartfelt and it was great and i i think you guys would get a kick out of reading it but i can tell you on a joking term here that rental car that Chris had brought here to Denver, there is literally a chalk outline of where that damn vehicle was in the driveway. Like, you know, seriously, <laughs> what kind of piece of crap car, like where the engine was. I mean, it's like a perfect, you know, you, you <laughs> it, it did just a picture of it. Next day, I'm just like, damn, you wouldn't lie. And I, I do not know how much oil you burn, man, but holy crap, that was a lot of oil, though. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't just an oil leak; it was hemorrhaging oil. Yeah, I thought I thought you had a oil lake, man. I mean, had the blizzard not be coming, I'd be getting my uh, speedos on and you know my sunshades on and a little uh, boat action out there. <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, not a fun trip, but it was ultimately rewarding. Yes. And then on your end, tone, uh, you do a little uh, thing on Sundays, if you want to give a little shout out to that. I do. I dabble into a little of the witchcraft, you know, a little heavy metal, satanic rituals on Sunday night. Um, Human sacrifice. Yes, you know, there's a couple of goats. Okay, if you're not scared off, uh, realistically, I do, uh, I'm a correspondent more or less on uh, a little show called Pop Culture Kaboom, 
Uh, we air Sunday nights on knbc.com. I'll include the link on our webpage when Facebook's not down. Currently is down, so as we record this, I'm not posting everything like I normally do. It'll be posted after the show has already aired. Then you can follow along. Um, excuse me. Um, but we talk about uh, Jimmy Jones is the host. He talks all things pop culture, toys, comic books, uh, more so in depth than what we talk about. Because Chris and I really talk about our TV shows, our video games, and you know, a lot of pop culture things. Um, and Jimmy's similar, but he'll talk about more of the things that he likes. And then I partake in the movie segments um, where we watch trailers and we kind of give our sarcastic humor uh, reviews on it. Um, we do a YouTube show that airs on Tuesdays. Um, and then we do the uh, live show on Sunday nights. Uh, just a little extra radio practice for myself. Um, but uh, my primary love here is on the Proton Pack podcast. And uh, I enjoy it. It seems to get really good feedback. I've Now that we're on Spotify, Stitcher, and uh, Google Play, and everywhere else you can get your podcast. Another shameless plug there. Um, the more... Uh, outlets we get the more people get uh involved uh, a lot of my costco co-workers are they like to say i'm famous because i do radio and podcasts when realistically i am just a dude in a basement that pretends to be a radio jock and a movie critic so there you go <laughs> very cool and then uh, the other thing which actually even you don't know about yet tone is uh, i just launched a uh, e-commerce site an apparel site that uh it's no uh, no secret that Tony and I, you know, having both been born in 1981, we grew up through the 80s and 90s and, you know, love of the franchises that uh, sort of came within those decades. And so I recently launched a uh, e-commerce site that uh, there's t-shirts on there that pay homage to uh, the designs and the the different properties of the 80s and 90s and that website is totally rad 1981.com and so if you like t-shirts if you like sort of vintage 80s 90s uh, you could check that out uh, start a facebook page and an instagram page uh, totally rad 1981 dude that's awesome i actually think that's totally rad that you're using the word rad because I think I kind of date myself because I still say rad, which is a little weird, but uh, <laughs> totally rad 1981.com. Um, I'll be checking it out. That is awesome. Congrats to you. And yeah, way to expose my age, you know, I've been talking to a lady friend and now she's going to know that I'm an old fart. So there you go. <laughs> I'm really not old. She knows my age. We're good. <laughs> Shout out to a new listener, though. I awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, we're going to get uh, moving on this podcast as we do every week uh typically you can follow along on our facebook page proton pack podcast and our instagram proton pack podcast as well um, as tony mentioned the facebook instagram world is uh, basically shut down right now so uh, we'll get that information up there as soon as we can freaking snowmageddon here in colorado armageddon in the world of internet what the hell is going on man what will we do without our Facebook, our Instagrammies, our Twitter Twitters? Jeez. <laughs> Snap Chibi Chats. All right. Uh, so starting with television, as we do each week, the first story comes from CW's Arrowverse. And uh, looks like after eight seasons, it's uh, you know which will be the next season to come out for Arrow, it will be its last. And uh, Arrow is the first of the CWC uh 
CW DC shows that uh, launched the Arrowverse and spawned um, The Flash, Supergirl, uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning. Um, I feel like I'm missing something, but I don't think I am. I'm not. No, you're doing really good with that, actually, because I suck at these shows. I know, I know, Flash, Arrow, um, Supergirl, uh, but the, the other stuff I don't know. <laughs> uh, they're great shows. Uh, they do a good job trying to stay true to the comics. Uh, Greg Berlanti, who was the creator, has done an amazing job, and he's brought his skills over to the uh, DC Universe, the streaming service as well, for those shows. And we'll talk about one of those here in a second. But uh, in any case, the eighth season of The Arrow, or of Arrow, will be its last. Uh, and, you know, it, it, I think they're doing it the right way. I think they're going out on top. They're They're not jumping the shark and letting it get a little long in the tooth. And uh, it'll be interesting to see maybe some of the other shows that they bring to the CW now that this one's going away. Oh, I agree, especially with the whole long in the tooth, jumping the shark deal there. Um, I think all great shows need good endings. Um, We've talked about this many times on the podcast uh, about Walking Dead running a little long. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I did just recently watch that today on Snowmageddon, by the way. And uh, the the whole Whisperer storyline is actually not that bad. So. I'll, pro- I'll probably watch it when I can stream them all together. Uh, that's essentially yeah. what I'm going to have to do with these CW shows. I wasn't able to catch any of the current season. And so I'll have to go back and basically <laughs> the way they work time-wise, I'll have to watch an episode of Arrow, an episode of Flash, an episode of Supergirl. And then because uh, they all go up to that crossover episode uh, where all of their storylines sort of converge. You need a like a multiplicity life, you know, aka Michael Keaton, man. You're you're a, you're a dad, <laughs> you're an entrepreneur. Uh, you've got a lot of things going. You got a girl, you're a full-time boyfriend, um you're a ninja, you're a cape crusader. You got a lot of crap going on, bro. I got a lot of shit on my plate, but I really do. I'm proud of you. <laughs> but at the same time it I keeps things it interesting. That's all right. I make the kids smile with my balloon animals. Here you go. No, that's not true either. That was got thrown back to last week's episode with the Luke Perry story. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So if you're a fan of CW's Arrow, enjoy this uh, last eighth season. And, uh, you know, it's on to bigger, better better things for Stephen Amell. Yep, all elite wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) All right, uh, moving on. Something I just mentioned was the DC Universe streaming service. Obviously, the first series that hit that service was Titans. And uh, it's a streaming service that I definitely want to pick up. Again, I'm so busy I haven't had time. But uh, Titans finished up its first season, got some great reviews. People seem to love it. And so now we're starting to get some casting news for the second season of Titans with the first real main bad guy coming out, which is going to be Deathstroke. And the actor who's going to play him is uh, Asai Morales. If you don't don't recognize the name, he was in shows like NYPD Blue, Jericho, uh, Criminal Minds, and then most recently uh, a show called Ozark on Netflix, which is a fantastic show. That's great. I'm glad you said it. I had no idea who it was. That's why I messaged you saying, who? But it came off like Ric Flair's 
Woo! So, yeah, <laughs> so. I, I was hoping it would be our friend of the show from last week, Joe Manganiello. Manganiello. Yeah, you know, we've seen him play the character at the end of the Justice League movie. No guarantees he's going to come back to reprise that role. And then actually there was a version of the character played uh, by an actor named Manu Bennett on uh, Arrow. And he did a, a pretty decent job. I didn't care for the costume all that much, but it'll be interesting to see what uh, Morales' take and, and what they do with the costume on Titans is. Gotcha. You're my <laughs> go-to guy with the DC stuff. So I only yeah. got smart-ass little chime-ins here and there and little weird noise effects. So. Yeah. And apparently uh, a couple of the other characters that are going to be on that show and were already teased in the previous season are uh, Superboy and his dog Crypto. Uh, so, yeah. Crypto! <laughs> That's his theme song. <laughs> crypto, the mighty Crypto. Mr. Crypto. <laughs> uh, DC Universe, like I said, is going to... They keep adding more shows. I've heard nothing but good things about Doom Patrol. And then they're doing a R-rated version of Swamp Thing, which looks like it's going to be pretty good. So, you know, when I get a few extra bucks and a little extra time, I'll probably get that streaming service and no. start binge-watching those shows. Yeah, that would be good. I, I was thinking about that, too. I mean, they have such a huge catalog of stuff. Um, I'm, I bet, well, I don't. we're not talking about it on our episode today i don't believe but the uh they released a trailer for uh batman versus the teenage mutant ninja turtles i actually watched that before we did our podcast and i'm not gonna lie i kind of want to watch it it looks pretty good right yeah dude i think that's gonna be on the dc uh streaming service i think it i'm pretty sure fun. it is you know they've got all of the other dc animated shows which as far as yeah, and not animated shows, but animated movies. They do a really good job with those. Yeah, they do. That's something Marvel kind of sucks at. Like, I've tried to watch some of their anime movies. They're not as good. They're not good. No. But on the same, in the same vein, uh, I, their live-action movies are way better than DC's. Oh, yeah, and that's that's what really counts, right, folks? Yep. Speaking of which, we are going to go into this weekend's box office report, and it is <laughs> certainly... <laughs> On the Proton Podcast, March 8th through the 10th, who was the champion? Oh, <laughs> well, the, yeah, it was pretty bad, but that we gave it a shot. Yeah. In any case, it is absolutely no surprise that the runaway winner of the box office was Captain Starfish. Marvel. Was Starfish. No, it was Captain Marvel with a domestic opening of $153 million. Damn, Gina! That's a lot of money. That is. I wonder why <laughs> everyone wanted to see that movie so bad. It still boggles my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Looking it over, it looks like uh, worldwide it's already made $455 million. So it's, uh, it's definitely no slouch. It's definitely what you would expect from a Marvel opening, uh, even for a character that a lot of people weren't familiar with. Yeah. It helps that it's Marvel's first female-fronted movie and uh we'll get into the review here in a little bit but uh Did i can check the clickbait i i'm stupid when i'm looking for articles i'll click on the dumbest stuff sometimes like the zerg net and that constant bs clickbait stuff and one of them was 
Wonder Woman congratulates Captain Marvel. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, Gal Gadot, maybe she's, you know, threw something out kind of like Ryan Reynolds would do sometimes for the Avengers or Wolverine. Mm -hmm. But no, it was just some artist that drew a picture of Wonder Woman shaking Captain Marvel's hand. It was just a painting. It's like, "Mm." Ah, that's stupid. Thanks, I just thanks for all the spam pages for that. Just to right. get cool. That was dumb. <laughs> Goes to show that uh, I mean, there's so much clickbait crap out there and headlines that have no bearing on what a story actually is. And yeah, stupid. And, and this week in our uh, movies, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna adopt what we what we experimented with last week. So um, when you say the movie, I'll give you just a real brief comment on it that's it nice nice yeah. so we'll go we'll go <laughs> so with captain marvel i'll just leave it as badass hot chick nice good week two how to drain your dragon uh the hidden world hit not week two but in number two uh got another 14.6 million two dragons making love in the crisp blue sky <laughs> uh third place was tyler perry's a Medea family funeral the final of the Medea movies, thank goodness. Exactly. Let's see. Fourth place, the Lego Movie 2, the second part. A bunch of bricks starring, and they go to fight the world of Duplo. <laughs> uh, fifth place, Alita Battle Angel. The big-eyed girl with the Ninja Warrior skills. Sixth place, place. Wow. Sixth place, please. Sixth place. I'll take sixth place, Alex. <laughs> sixth place was uh, the green book the book that is green <laughs> that that was your comment yeah <laughs> okay. that's where the sixth place movie is the book that is green <laughs> seventh place was the rebel wilson liam hemsworth rom-com isn't it romantic nope it wasn't romantic last week and it's still not romantic this week in eighth place fighting with my family no because i get along with my family but do you smell what the rock is cooking in ninth place was Greta. Oh, it's starring the hit girl from Kick-Ass. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Greta's about. I just know who's in it. Uh, let's see. Tenth place was a documentary, actually, about the moon landing called Apollo 11. And it was the prequel, prequel to the prequel of Apollo 13. so anyways that is your weekend box office report uh as we mentioned you know captain marvel was something that we were really anticipating really looking forward to marvel does a fantastic job with their characters and it took place in a decade that we are very fond of the 1990s and like i said the movie absolutely did not disappoint it had a good mix of action uh some great comedy the interplay between samuel jackson and brie larson was fantastic and then goose the cat i mean there's nothing else to say but goose the cat goose the freaking cat the flirkin (laughs) um it's funny when you say captain marvel i don't know why in the hell but i get captain planets theme song in my head i mean that was a good 90s cartoon i don't know if it holds up (laughs) Theme song was pretty damn catchy. Now I've got the theme song yeah. stuck Captain in my head. Captain Marvel, she's a hot chick. She's gonna play with her big cat, Goosey. <laughs> I like your take on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
Dude, I, I think you summed it up really well. It's an MCU movie. Love the opening credits with the tribute to Stan Lee. Which, in oh, the that was fantastic. Um, loved, speaking of Stan Lee, my, by far, like, my favorite cameo before was the one in uh, Deadpool 1, where he was the DJ at the strip club. Right. <laughs> that was my favorite Stan Lee cameo up until this one. And the reason why it's my favorite was he's on the train while um carol is uh chasing down a scroll and uh kicking his ass or well the grandma's ass i think she was still in grandma form then she was and uh and he's sitting there reading his line from mall rats and it, it had the logo from mall rats said by kevin smith um and for those that don't know chris and i on a personal level or if we've never really said it on the show um being uh one of the things that led to Chris and I being like two best friends was we met in the nineties and one of our loves was obviously movies. And uh, one movie we had in common was Mallrats, a uh, real great underrated flick from 1995. Watched the hell out of that on VHS. That really dates me more so <laughs> than the uh, totally rad 1981 comment from earlier, but uh, love the cameos. Um, Brie Larson killed it as Carol Danvers. Um, the fanboys, I'll get into that in a second, so i just stick it real brief bullet points. Great action, great comedy. Samuel L. Jackson looked fantastic young again. Um, fun fact, they actually copied his image likeness from the movie The Negotiator and placed that over him. That's how he looked so young, like he was out of the 90s. So No kidding, I didn't know yeah. that. Fun little fact there. I'll give you, I'll throw a few more fun Marvel facts at you here in a sec, because I had to do a little research before I did the pop culture show on Sunday. So I know a little bit more. Um, I didn't know much about Captain Marvel going in the whole premise of the storyline or anything like that, but great action, great soundtrack. Um, yeah. I really liked the, uh, the no doubt I'm just a girl fight scene. Who would have thought that? <laughs> that older Tony would be saying, I like the no doubt fight scene. It fit perfectly. It did. Um, this the trip scene where they played Nirvana's "Come as You Are" when Annette Bening was toying with her. Oh, dude, just great! I watched this little kid get out of his seat, bopping around in Nirvana. Like that's cool. Yeah. Um, I got nothing. The mid the mid credit was excellent. Sets us up for Endgame, and uh, you know the humorous end credit there was fantastic. You and I saw Nymax. It was. I've seen it twice already. Not not gonna be ashamed to say that, but uh, seen it twice. Um, loved it both times. Um, some fun facts: um, the movie is getting blasted on Rotten Tomatoes by critics. Um, the reason Seriously? being is, yeah, dude, it, it it's so bad that Rotten Tomatoes is actually going to change the way they allow people to post post uh, reviews because they feel like it was unjustly attacked. Oh, it was sort of the the pre-release reviews. Yeah, yeah, they ate it up. And then I found out why, because when I did the radio show with Jimmy, we did a we did a review on it as well. And of course, I came out fanboying like I'm not going to talk shit about the movie. I liked it. I thought it was great. Wasn't my favorite of all the Marvel movies, but it was damn good. Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't bad at all. I really enjoyed it. Um, but what it had got ripped apart for Jimmy was he grew up reading the comics so he had a lot of gripes one gripe uh marvell in the comic books the captain marvel was a guy 
wasn't a girl played by Annette Benning in this movie. Mm-hmm. Goose the cat was actually named Chewie in the comics based off Chewbacca from Star Wars. In this movie, they named him Goose as an homage to Goose from Top Gun. Right. Yeah. And then, which ties in great because... She's a fighter pilot. She's a, yeah, and it totally fits. And also, there's some fun Easter eggs, like when she picks up, uh, when she lands in the blockbuster, Mm -hmm. she picks up the uh, the Right Stuff movie box. Apparently, (laughs) a lot of that is a throwback to a space, you know, a air pilot that wants to be an astronaut. And there was a lot of similarities for Carol Danvers in that. Kind of a weird tie-in. And who doesn't like seeing uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's True Lies head? You can understand <laughs> that one. Shut the cut, the cutout cardboard of the True Lies Schwarzenegger. That was entertaining. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people were pissed because they changed up that Marvel was a female, and then Goose was not Chewy. And uh, the and and then if you haven't seen Captain Marvel, I'm sorry, I'm about to spoil a little something. Should we spoil it? Yeah, might as well. I guess it's our show. You should have seen it by now. Shame on you if you haven't. But the scrolls, they're bad guys in the comic book world. But in this one, they start out as bad guys, but they're not actually the bad guys. So kind of weird. And did you know that oh, this is my last fun fact and then I'll move away, but I really love this movie so I can talk about it and we can eat a little of extra on the show, I think, today with that. Yeah. Um the one who played uh, Talos. Uh, Ben Mendelsohn yeah he was actually so like when he was uh Nick Fury's boss that was really him right and then um he was also the bad guy in Ready Player One he was Nolan Sorrento he was uh he was in Rogue One (laughs) Mm -hmm. he was he's been the villain he's kind of like the blonde the blonde bad guy in the Karate Kid that was like a bully in all those movies. Right. <laughs> He's like the modern day of that, the British one. So, you know, fun stuff there. And then I think the last, I thought the, there is kind of the weird tie-in where Nick Fury said, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye, when realistically it was him just cuddling up to a uh, goose, you know. Mother! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, definitely, I highly recommend it. I, I gave a horrible review on it, and I did give it uh, a four out of five superhero masks, um, as I do my horrible reviews for fun. I'm not a real critic. I just pretend to be one. So there you go. Great movie. <laughs> and, you know, I, I do see the gripes that people had, but, you know, realistically, they changed Captain Marvel into a female character in the comic books way before the movie. So it's not like they, you know, Hollywood was like, we need to be inclusive. And now we're going to change this character altogether. She already was a female character in the comics, not in the seventies and eighties, you know, as we grew up with them and, uh, you know, Marvel was captain Marvel, but, uh, you know, for everybody that, that freaks out about it, I, I think it was a good choice to, Keep her female and, you know, be the first female-fronted Marvel movie because, realistically, we haven't seen it yet. No, I agree. Also, um, this is another fun Easter egg, which I didn't pick up on, but you may have because you know DC way better than I do. Um, Captain Marvel was once owned by four different comic book properties. Mm -hmm. 60s? I could be wrong. 50s or 60s. Um, two independent ones, DC and Marvel, 
And then they all had to kind of legally battle for the name rights of Captain Marvel, which Marvel ultimately won. And then DC had to change their Captain Marvel to Shazam. And right before we saw Captain Marvel, we saw a trailer for Shazam. So <laughs> I didn't put that together until I did a little research on Captain Marvel, and I thought that was pretty neat. So, Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, when I hear the name Captain Marvel, for some reason, my mind automatically goes to the character Shazam. But, uh, you know, it's it's ironic that they're, you know, the Marvel and the DC versions are coming out within a month of each other. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? Yeah. That should have been in that 90s uh, soundtrack, too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's our review for Captain Marvel. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, we apologize for the little spoilers, but uh, definitely well worth a watch, and uh, you should get your ass out there to see it. Amen. Amen. And, and we're not far from Endgame. No, we are not. We are... We are a little under a month. Yeah. We're about a month. We're just at about a month. Oh, uh, speaking of Endgame, real quick, and Captain Marvel, if you remember the um, Super Bowl trailer for Endgame, they had the group of them that were out there sort of in the dark, and there was an open space where it looked like they may have digitally removed a character. It's pretty safe to say who they probably removed from that scene now. Yeah, let's goose the cat. Yep. <laughs> goose the cat. Yeah, he's going to take down Thanos. Goose the cat. Who the F is Maverick? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, calling back a little bit to Kevin Smith and Mall Rats. Uh, we Was have been. Map, map, map. <laughs> what? Was it map, 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 meow? I know. <laughs> you had me do it twice. I know, I know. In any case, uh, we've been following the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Uh, what were we going to call this segment again? Um, Road to the Reboot Update. Road to right? the Reboot. And we may have borrowed that from the director himself. So, <laughs> Please don't sue us. Snoochie boochies, Brody man. Please don't sue us, Mr. Smith. <laughs> in any case uh it was recently revealed that the blunt man and chronic costumes from the original were going to be on set to sort of pay homage to uh jay and silent bob strike back but kevin smith also mentioned that there's going to be brand new costumes and that there are supposed to be some very exciting actors who are going to be playing the rebooted Blunt Man and Chronic. Now, uh, I have no idea who it's going to be. It would be kind of neat if uh, they get Ben Affleck back into the fold uh, to play one of the characters. Maybe, maybe not. But, uh, yeah, you know, originally it was James Vanderbeek and uh, Jason Biggs, who at the time were obviously two huge stars in their own right. But, uh yeah, let, let's see who uh, Kevin Smith brings on to play the new Blunt Man of Chronic. Decent. Can't wait to get it there. So, um, you know, it's funny is you, I have to just do a segue story real quick. So at this local little restaurant down the street from my house um, called The River Bottom, and they don't sponsor the show, by the way. Um, but uh, 
we go there and there is a kid that hosts us every time. Like he's always a host. He doesn't talk very much, but he always seats us. And he looks like James Vanderbeek, dude. Oh, really? <laughs> he looks just like, he, just like out of varsity blues. It's the freaking Dawson. So I always say it's the Dawson. And I try to sound like Jay from Jay and Son of Bob Strike Back. Well, our buddy Brian came out and I go, you've seen Jay and Son of Bob, right? He goes, oh, yeah. And I said, oh, I go, well, you're going to see Dawson. And he goes, Dawson, Dawson's Creek. I go, you know, the effing Dawson, because I can't, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to waste an F-bomb on it. But I go, and then he looks, and he goes, it's the effing Dawson. <laughs> so if you've seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, the original, you'll get it. Um, so, uh, yeah, back to Kevin and Smith, though. Ke- well, Kevin and Smith. Wow. Kevin and Smith. Kevin and Smith. <laughs> Hello. Um, and actually, uh, Brian would be the perfect person to say that because you know he's got the long blonde hair and has a little oh, bit yeah. of Janus to him. He's got a lot of Janus to him, yeah. Um, I cannot wait, dude, for this uh, for this reboot. I I spent a lot of today watching the Road to the Reboot, and I watched how they recreated the Quick Stop, and they went uh, back to Brody's stash and things like that. And, and they got a new movies. Yeah, they got a new movies. And did you see how they were uh, they were uh, sneaking Stan Lee into the movie? No, no, I haven't watched that one yet. Okay, so this is another throwback to something we just talked about, but Mallrats. You know the shirt that Brody's wearing with that weird face? Uh-huh. Yeah, like it's the big head, but it's kind of out of focus and blurred. It's like an emo-looking face. Yeah, so what they did is, like Kevin Smith said, well, wouldn't it be funny if all these years that face came into focus and it reveals to be somebody you would never expect. Well, then he showed it and it's Stan Lee. So, nice. I mean, it, obviously in 95, that wasn't Stan Lee on his, in that thing, but that's kind of the tie in to be like, well, cause you can never tell what the hell was on his shirt. You're just like, well, I, I mean, I always to this day was like, what the hell is that? But you know, here nor there, that's how they're going to sneak Stan Lee into this movie. So, cause he is a part of the, the universe to an extent. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that'll be cool to see when it comes out. Uh, they're actively shooting it right now, and I would imagine we'll probably see a 2020 release, hopefully early in 2020, as opposed to late. Yeah, it's um, they got 10 days left of shooting as of today, and they just got um, Boo Boo Kitty F. I don't want to drop the F bomb. <laughs> so if you've seen him, Boo Boo Kitty Luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a real name. Um, but they brought Shannon Elizabeth back. So I'm excited to, to see how they do all this. It should be cool. Very cool. I kind of want to watch Jane Sound Bob Strike back now. I know, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, all right, moving on, we're going to uh, head on over. If my computer actually decides that it wants to do what it's going to do. Uh, we talked a little bit about the DC Universe streaming service. Now we're moving on to the Disney streaming service called Disney Plus. And it was just released by uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger that the streaming service is going to include all of the entire uh, Disney motion picture library. So that's a game changer. Yeah. Up until that point, They've been releasing and re-releasing these movies basically one at a time in very limited production. They called it their vault program. 
And it was one of those things that when they came out, people would buy them up by the truckloads because they never knew when they'd see a new version of it. And so, you know, right now the big thing is, you know, 4K, to some degree, Blu-ray. But uh, even going back, you know, it'd come out on DVD. Or if you remember on VHS, they came in those massive clamshell boxes. Yeah, I remember those ones. And do you remember, did you ever have, uh, it was you and Alex so, and Josh. I wouldn't imagine you guys had it, but maybe you did. Did you have The Little Mermaid? <laughs> it's okay you don't have to admit it on there that's fine we did I but i know sister. i know where you're going with it i had a sister and uh we had it and that collector's case i mean obviously as oh, i don't have it anymore but that case had a hidden penis in the middle of the castle and that case is worth some money now and i i don't know my sister and i got rid of it but i do when you say clam case that's what i thought about i'm like mm. The golden penis in the castle of the Little Mermaid. Yep. And it'd be interesting to go onto eBay and see what those are going for now because, yeah, you know, the artist snuck it in there and. Oh, those little dirty bugs, man. Like, remember, like, as it was probably our teenage years in the 90s, we would uh, go and try to find all these things because there was no internet to tell you about this. This was all word of mouth. It'd be like kids at school being like, oh, if you pause the scene in The Lion King when he. When at the thing, the leaves spell out sex. And then I don't know if it really did. Like, I think as kids, you wanted to believe it, it did. And you see what you want to see. And right. I swear I saw it. Just And I swear in The Little Mermaid, there's the scene where Ursula transforms into Ariel. And she's going to marry Prince Eric on the boat. And they got the little priest up there. And he's all, dearly beloved. And right when he says that, he, he pops full on wood. That's I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, my favorite was, and we'll segue into that in here in just a few, but Aladdin, mm-hmm. uh, there was that infamous, good teenagers, take off their clothes. That was always the the big thing there. And uh, we cranked it up. I don't know how many times we had to rewind that crappy VHS tape because I had already wore it out because it was my favorite movie. But I swear Robin Williams snuck that sucker in good teenagers or not that, that scott winger winger right right he was the one he was aladdin not robin williams yeah. but it was after the part where uh where he was like do you want me to sting her just remember be yourself and then when uh, raj was the tiger was going towards prince ali nice kitty like you try to watch the we put on the caps you know, and it would just say "nice kitty." Dot 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 dot. Right. <laughs> but you can still hear stuff in the background. Take off their clothes. It's like okay. So, anyways, there's some random clamshell '90s flashback. Don't know why we segued there, but uh, the point of the story is Disney Plus is a game changer. It's oh, it's huge. It's gonna make so much money between obviously the Disney franchises, the Marvel franchises, and the Star Wars franchises. It's going to be a juggernaut as far as streaming goes. Dude, you're talking. I can only hope that they put in like the uh, not not that I could see myself sitting there watching these all the time. But, you know, if I was ever to have kids or just if I wanted a nostalgia trip, I mean, you're talking old school Chippendale Rescue Rangers, DuckTales, uh, yeah. Gummers, you know, things Tailspin, you know, they just the the fact that you can go back and watch any Disney movie at any time is phenomenal. 
Now, here's a question for you, because straight from Bob Iger's mouth, he said the entire Disney motion picture library. Do you think that'll include Songs of the South, which in this day and age is viewed as highly racist? No, I think anything that's controversial, they'll leave out. Because at one time, there's a my our buddy Mike has a uh, old school Disney cartoon with Donald Duck in it, and he's a freaking Nazi. Like he's really? actually, yeah, I swear, yeah, he's walking around like he's 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 hanging out with Nazis because he doesn't know any better, but he's walking around with a swastika on his arm. And it and it was made by Disney, so I doubt they'll have any of that stuff. But they did exist. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's still not a date yet on when they're launching the service. It's just set to begin sometime in 2019. So it could be next week or it could be in December. More than likely somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, the VHS tape actually only goes for ten bucks now. So. No, not as collectible as, as no, before. somebody, somebody is going to try to get $325 while all their competitors are averaging $899, $99, $999, and then there's $275 with $8 shipping. So, <laughs> and it's labeled the Little Mermaid VHS 90 band artwork cover. So, oh, somebody's even trying to get $2,500 with free shipping. So seriously. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're going to get that money. Good luck to you. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to uh, from Disney cartoon to Disney live action remakes. This week's trailer of the week is the latest trailer for Aladdin, which gives us a much broader view of not only what the movie is going to be about, but, uh, you know, the characters that we're going to see there's more of the genie there's more of jafar and uh definitely more of um uh princess jasmine jasmine thank you you're welcome <laughs> i just i was reading through and i saw prince anders and i was like Wait, yeah, no. yeah prince anders from volby <laughs> in any case i know that a lot of people were really sort of bummed about what they had seen of will smith's genie before but i think this sort of takes that gut punch out of it you know i think he's going to do a fantastic job uh still not a big fan of the this version of jafar because you know he's a much younger less intimidating uh character than the cartoon version yeah he doesn't look like he's going to turn into that big like if they're able to pull off the big cgi ending like you get in the movie where he turns into the big snake and stuff. I mean, I just don't see it with this cat. He, I agree with you. I think the more I see it, I like the, I wasn't a big fan of the pairing of Jasmine and uh, Aladdin at first. I was like, mm, I don't know. But the more I see it, I, I really like it. And it's got the familiar song. So I'm a nerd, dude. I'm back in 1992 or three, whenever it came out. And, you know, I remember my grandma took me in uh, Loveland, Colorado, to uh to the theater there to see it so uh very excited very excited yeah you know i'm looking forward to it and then uh, one thing that i read just before we started recording is uh they found the voice of iago and obviously in the cartoon it was gilbert Gottfried did an awesome version with that but in this version it's going to be alan tudyk name you'll have to give our audiences like steve the pirate yeah <laughs> or the pirate who? 
he also did the voice of uh, K1SO, K. Yeah, yeah, in uh, Rogue One. Yep. Yeah. And uh, obviously was a big part of Firefly uh, for those fans of that series. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is don't sweat it. We will have this up on our Facebook page and I'll put a picture of him so you know what we're talking about. So great actor. I think he'll he'll kill it. Yeah, I do, too. And and that's the thing you you it's. It's good to get different stuff in there because, I mean, I did see in the Lion King live action trailer, they stuck with James Earl Jones's Mufasa. Yeah. But, which was great. Um, it would have been kind of cool if they just kept Gilbert Godfrey as Iago since he did it in all the crappy cartoon TV mm-hmm. series and the, the real crappy sequels. So for a split cool. second, I thought you were going to say it would have been cool if they kept Gilbert Godfrey as Mufasa. <laughs> No, no, it's Iago. Could yeah. you imagine? No. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, Simba, all the lands that I touch are yours. Or however the hell his damn voice is. He's got an annoying voice. <laughs> all he right. Was that little jerk. I was. I try not to cuss. I'm doing really, really good. Um, he was that idiot principal of problem child. Another yeah. nice throwback. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun movie. I have no idea if it holds up, but uh, I remember um, that being a fun let's movie. Just, let's just say that Problem Child and Problem Child 2 were good for what they were, but maybe not today. Remember it had Kramer in it, too, as the clown nose killer? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will not go back and watch them. I'd like to just remember those as being pretty good. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, and then uh, the last of our Disney movie news is that it looks oh. like... <laughs> This upcoming uh, March 20th, so as we're recording this on the 13th, seven days from now, the merger between Disney and 21st Century Fox will be official. And so, Hi, Wolverine. <laughs> sneak, sneak. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of those characters will be under the uh, Disney banner. I'm still curious to see what they do with, you know, the pure Fox properties like, um, you know, Predator and Aliens and and all of that. And if any of those end up making their way over to the Disney streaming service. You know what I would do? I don't own Disney and I have no say, so it really doesn't matter what I would do. But it's almost like you've bought the name Fox, you own it. Why don't you call, why don't you just keep the R-rated stuff and the more adult-themed things as Fox? Because we know you own it. It's like when they used to own Buena Vista Entertainment, mm-hmm. you know. You just do it under that banner. And then, you know, you want to keep like your big MCU stuff, you can slap Disney on it or under the Marvel Marvel Studios banner or something. Mm-hmm. Like, then you can distinctly tell. I mean, Disney's going to own it. It doesn't matter what they call it. But I think you keep the R-rated stuff Fox. I don't think you change it. And I still think you put those badass uh, Fox intros before the movies i really like those yeah and i mean if fox i'm not fox but disney really wanted to make a killing they could launch their own separate fox streaming service that houses all of those properties under that and essentially double their money you know because then they'll have you know tv wise they'll have family guy and the simpsons and you know married with children and all that and then on the movie side you know like i mentioned uh you know the aliens franchise and uh predator and die hard and and so many iconic fox movie well, franchises yeah, as well <clears throat> yeah dude that would uh if that happens i i'm, I'm gonna blame you 
But I mean, it is Disney, and and we're Disney fans. But Disney is pretty greedy, so wouldn't be surprising. Don't yep. sue us, Bob Iger. Don't sue us. <laughs> what I'd love to see is the minute that that merger closes, that a whole bunch of Marvel Fox property migration over to Disney news is announced it would be awesome if they're like oh yeah you know we're dropping x-men we're dropping fantastic four um yeah versus capcom three i mean yeah oh get rid of that crappy infinity one yeah (laughs) so uh yeah we'll keep you posted uh, if there's any new news that comes out after the merger new news better than nude news nude nude news which nobody knows, but I'm sitting here nude right now. Hey, that's an image. Start next week, you're going to see that. Full <laughs> frontal nudity. Just kidding. No, no. But, uh, yeah, starting oh, next week, we stuff. we are going to go video. So uh, I, I do plan on covering up. It does get a little cold in my office, so uh, no uh, rock-hard nipples for me. Yes, you'll be covered. Diamond cutters. <laughs> All right. Uh, The next story is related to Sony's involvement with Spider-Man. And we've been reporting on the different Spider-Man spinoff movies that are going to be coming out for Sony. And uh, IGN so helpfully put together a list of every Spider-Man movie spinoff that's currently in development. And boy, am I underwhelmed. All right. Warm it up, Chris. I'm about to. So... Uh, obviously we're getting actual Spider-Man in Avengers Endgame, and then shortly after that, Spider-Man Far From Home. Phenomenal Um, and phenomenal. Real quick as a a slight side tangent, in watching the updated trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home, you know, we get to see a little bit more of Mysterio. And I noticed that when he is fighting Hydro-Man, that the symbols that are coming off of him look strangely familiar to Doctor Strange. And I have a feeling that he may be part of that Doctor Strange world in this continuity. Gotcha. Well, that's that we should see. Just a thought. I know. I bet you're right. All right. Uh, the next movie that's coming straight from Sony is something we talked about last week, which is Morbius the Living Vampire. has uh, Matt Smith and Tyrese Gibson in it, uh, and Jared Leto obviously playing the title character. Again, not a, one of the more well-known characters. Hopefully they treat it well, but uh, we will see. Yeah, I think this is where... You're... I don't know. Sony's kind of silly in the sense that I, that's great that they're playing nice with the uh, MCU, but shouldn't they have taken a page out of the MCU? Like, maybe in Far From Home, can we see a little something with Morbius? Like, that's not something I scream like, I want to see this movie. Right. Tease your characters on the Sony side of things. Yeah, like, he's not well known. Like, if I walked up to just a casual person that didn't read comics or knew anything, and I said... Oh, you cited for uh, Morbius the Vampire? And they'd be like, what are you talking about? No. <laughs> no, like, you're literally going to get the, you're going to get that comment. Ooh? <laughs> well, no. the other thing that's sort of interesting with uh, Far From Home is we got a tease of, uh, from Homecoming, the Scorpion. Or, you know, basically who his alter ego is, which at the moment his name escapes 
escapes me. But I wonder if we'll see Scorpion in Far From Home in any capacity. Yeah, and I think that's the way. You're either gonna have to you're gonna have to either break these characters out in a Venom movie or you're gonna have to do it in Spider-Man. I, it's just the standalone stuff doesn't doesn't scream movie theater quality. It, it almost screams like maybe a if you got if you got if you got a good contract with Hulu, you want to put it on Hulu, fantastic. You want to put it on because uh, uh, obviously we know that they're not going to go to Netflix, but no. maybe a Disney streaming service or something. I think things like that might be a better way to go with that, but that's I'm with you. Underwhelming. Morbius is not something that excites me, but we'll see when the trailer drops. I mean, it's still that's coming out in 2020, so we shall see. Nope. Well, and it gets even more underwhelming as we get further down the list. So uh, following Morbius, it's no surprise we're going to get a sequel to Venom, where he is now going to be fighting Carnage, which we is... will be back to take on Carnage. Which is something I... We have our own franchise. Um, we... <laughs> I thought you were going to go further with that. No, no, I, I was done, man. My voice is raspy. It's like talking like the macho man, Randy Savage. I can only do it for a little bit. Right. <laughs> so in any case, uh, you know, we're going to get that Venom sequel with Carnage, uh, Woody Harrelson playing that character. Um, it should be good. I enjoyed Venom. Uh, not as much as one of the standard Marvel movies, but uh, it was good in its own right. Yeah, I'm more excited about Zombieland, too. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, after that, we're going to get a sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was a fantastic movie. Uh, I think there's no doubt that the sequel is going to be just as good. Yeah, I'm excited. There's You could do so many things. Like Maybe this is where you branch out like a Morbius or something. I, I don't know. Well, speaking of branching out with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, it looks like they're also working on a separate standalone movie of a Spider-Verse all-female cast, uh, presumably Spider-Gwen, Spider-Girl, Spider-Woman, Madam Web, Silk, um, maybe even Black Cat, but uh, don't know if that's necessarily needed in relation to uh, Into the Spider-Verse 2, unless it serves as a sequel maybe a year or two later. Right. I think that's something you kind of web into into the Spider-Verse 2. I don't <laughs> think it needs to be its own standalone thing. Yeah. And then from here on out, it, it starts getting even more and more obscure. Uh, they're doing a standalone Craven the Hunter movie. Craven was always a Spider-Man foe, never an anti-hero, so I have no idea how they plan on uh, fleshing that one out for a standalone movie. Yeah, no thanks. We have uh, Black Cat, which is, uh, I mentioned before, started out as a team-up movie between uh, Black Cat and Silver Sable. was going to be titled Silver and Black, but they have divided those up into their own standalone movies. Uh, and as related, we're looking at a Silver Sable standalone movie as well. Again, two of the Spider-Man characters that probably Black Cat's a little more well-known than Silver Sable is, but how they do in their own movie world. I'm not so sure. Yeah. Again, maybe introduce in a, in another Spider-Man movie, you know, like maybe you go with the, whatever the next chapter is after far from home and maybe interweave them that way. Yeah. I think that's how you're getting, that's how you can spawn off to these. You can kind of get the response of, 
you know, was that character great? You know, was there fan reception to that character? Is that something you could build a franchise off of? I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, after that, we get Marvel's ripoff of Spawn. I don't think character... I'm glad you said that because I thought that was Spawn. Yeah, <laughs> a character named Nightwatch, which uh, apparently has like a nanotechnology costume that gives him super strength and uh you know stimulates his adrenal glands the only sort of interesting thing about that is or this movie is that apparently they're approaching spike lee to direct it so um so it's gonna be called night watch a spike lee joint right (laughs) there's gonna be a lot of knicks mentions a lot of new york knicks mentioned there exactly after that we're looking at a silk movie who is uh basically another female um, a spider type character. It's not Spider Woman. It's not Spider Girl. It's Silk. Like the milk? <laughs> silk milk? Yeah, sh- <laughs> <laughs> does it come in almond and coconut blend too? It does. Sweet. <laughs> um, boy. And then finally, the last one that they're talking about is a character named Jackpot. Oh, she's got is... a nice pair of jackpots in the comics, I guess. <laughs> uh, boy, I, I they're really grasping at straws with this character. Um, I... <laughs> Don't worry, folks. We'll be putting up a link, and you can read this article. And and Chris is not lying when it said when he said it. They are literally scraping the bottom of the barrel. It's. Sony can boast all they want that they have access to 500 different Marvel characters. That's fine and dandy, but you're not going to know all but maybe 20 if you're lucky. Right. And unless the studio does an awesome job marketing some of these characters, I I see big problems ahead for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Thanks. I, I mean, I can tell you the entire list I'm excited for, obviously, um, Endgame, uh, Far From Home, uh, Into the Spider-Verse 2, and Venom 2, kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm I'm right there with you. That's it. So, you know, if if Sony was smart, they'd work out a deal where they'd basically hand off all the characters back to Marvel and then take a cut of the pie instead Yo, of... Like they did with Spider-Man, yeah, it's... The best way to do it. Yep. Yep. All right. So uh, moving from Marvel Light to Marvel Official, uh, MCU, uh, a character that I'm not familiar with, even though he's been around since 1973, uh, looking like he's getting his own movie is a character named Shang-Chi. And uh, apparently he's a martial arts master. He... uh, I mean, I, I honestly know very, very little about this character. And uh looks like they found their director. It's uh, His name's Destin Daniel Creston. He directed a movie called Shir- Short Term 12. And normally with an obscure character like this, I'd be like, I'd be really scared. But knowing Marvel's track record, I think it's probably in good hands, especially considering with what they were able to do with Guardians of the Galaxy, for instance, who were so obscure that, you know, now everybody knows who they are. Right. It's in the right hands to to get that out there. Um, basically, he'll make you forget about Iron Fist, even though Iron Fist should have been kind of the bigger guy. But they picked the wrong dude for that. And 
and but this Shang Chi, I don't know anything, so I can't chime in other than go, a Shang Chi, a da martial arts superhero from the sixties, be coming to you in the MCU sometime in the next five years. Phase five, phase six, no big deal. Shang Chi gonna whip some ass. Gonna see it on Juan Pablo. <laughs> so uh, I'm. I'm looking forward to see what they potentially do with the character. Um, hopefully they don't dip too much into the obscure characters as they move forward because uh, they're going to lose, uh, to some degree, some of their larger fan base. But at the same time, they, they've, they've been doing a good job with it. So uh, as we learn more, we will update you. Yes, we will. And don't forget to chime in for the more Wang Chi Chi, because it's going to be Wang Chung tonight in the MCU-verse. <laughs> Speaking of obscure characters and uh, what James Gunn was able to do with Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh-oh, it, is it that time? It is that time. Go for it. It's that nerd world turn. It's another story starring our friend James Gunn. It's the nerd world turn. Proton back podcast. <laughs> so, as we have reported many, many times, and so much so that uh, he's earned his own uh, Tony theme song. Uh, yes, James- yes, he's officially a friend of the show. Him, Chris Jericho, and uh, and Kevin Smith. Yep, those are our three friends. So James Gunn made the jump after he was fired from Marvel over to DC to write and direct the Suicide Squad sequel. And uh, we've mentioned many times before, the first Suicide Squad was, for me, no bueno, but uh, it it had a few decent parts. In any case, we are getting a little bit of... um, character news on who might be featured in uh, this next movie, which uh, based on the characters, James Gunn will have to pull a rabbit out of his hat to try and make this work. You know what he should just do? Can We're already in the world of reboots. Like, right, if it's a piece of crap, you just reboot it. You're just like, okay, forget about that one that came out that never happened. So we're going to go this route. Like, he should just reboot it the way he wants to. Yeah, yeah. So in the first Suicide Squad, you had uh, Deadshot, Harley Quinn, uh, El Diablo, uh, Captain Boomerang, um, oh, uh, Rick Flag. I know I'm forgetting. Oh, um, Killer Croc, and then some zipline dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, and then a really crappy Joker. Yeah. Ah! And- ah! And out of those, you had a few characters that you were mildly familiar with. Now the new characters that we're looking at for Suicide Squad 2, I'm going to rattle these off and see what you think, Tom. Uh, The first one is Ratcatcher, who was a Gotham City... From Ninja Turtles. That would be pretty cool. But uh, he was a Gotham City exterminator armed with a poisonous gas gun. Mm, sounds like Mega Man 6, like we're reaching for villains here. <laughs> Here's a reach. Polka Dot Man, uh, who's another Go- Gotham City villain who can turn the polka dots covering his costume into a, a, a variety of devices and deadly weapons. Did he get the polka dot outfit from the American Dream Dusty Rhodes? Ooh, good question. 
Good question. Uh, the next character is Peacemaker, a pacifist diplomat, so committed to peace that he's willing to use deadly force in order to advance the cause. He's cousins of Donald Trump. I'm <laughs> and, then, and then finally, King Shark, a humanoid shark, a humanoid, humanoid shark whose father is the shark god. You know, crap, every time you say shark, I just think baby shark, do, 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 king shark, do, 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 suicide squad, do, do, do. <laughs> and actually, the CW Flash show had a version of King Shark that was kind of badass. Maybe they can get that. All right, I don't like where it's going, but yeah. it, James Gunn can make it good, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And Which then the other... Dave Batista will be. Well, that's the thing. I'm looking at this article right now that uh, there is talks that Dave Bautista will probably play one of these characters, and it, they're saying it's more than likely going to be Peacemaker. Mm, okay. We'll have to see. I'll, I'll trust it if he can get Bautista. You know it'd be cool if uh, all these new characters he just brought in, like people from Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. <laughs> That'd just be hilarious. <laughs> Now with Suicide, suicide, suicide Squad uh, 2 members. Yeah. Or what if he went out and and got a hold of people that were fired by the MCU? So he gets like Terrence Howard or people that were killed off, you know, like Robert De or uh, I was going to say Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> uh, Edward Norton is where I was going with that. Ah. You know, go, go get people that were in the MCU <laughs> universe and just throw them in there. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> it would. <laughs> All right, and uh, finally working our way uh, away from movies, but back over to Disney in the world of theme parks, is the much-anticipated uh, theme park opening, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is going to be obviously the Star Wars portion of each of the parks, um, which everything that I continue to see on it just looks awesome. I mean, they're going to have a full-size um AT-80 and uh, Millennium Falcon. Uh, apparently the uh, rides are supposed to be amazing, including one that uh, they're talking should be like a 28-minute ride from beginning to finish. Oh, good luck getting on that damn thing. <laughs> At least for the first year. And then the other thing is, uh, uh, whether it's through the wristbands or whatever it is, I, I heard that your performance in the Millennium Falcon ride where you actually get to pilot the Falcon more like a video game than just being a passive passenger. Uh, it tallies up your score. And then as you go throughout Galaxy's Edge through the park, you'll go into the cantina and people will know like what you did. And so, uh, you know, cast members will come up and be like, oh, so I heard you bombed it on the Falcon. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's... Uh, uh, a neat idea to sort of immerse yourself in this this land. But uh, uh, in any case, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I was just about to chime in and say, I'm super excited for this, but I have some worries. And my worries is like, who the hell is going to get to ride these things? I can just imagine how, like, Disneyland and World are busy all the damn time anyways. Like, oh my gosh, can you imagine the waits for these things? Oh, it's going to be crazy. I think when um, I had heard when they open, there are something like 150 to 200,000 people who plan on visiting the parks as soon as these attractions open. Oh, yeah, it's insane. It's almost like they, well, Disney doesn't have a lot of uh, real estate left in Anaheim or Florida, mm -hmm. for that matter. <laughs> you have to tear out stuff to build because there's nowhere else to build. But it's like, 
could they just pick somewhere Central America, you know, Central Northern America to build another Disneyland and just make it an exclusive Star Wars? <laughs> um, no, seriously, I quit bitching. I'm excited. Um, I'll be in Disney World in June, and they won't be open then. So. No, no. Yeah. So the story itself is that they've actually released the actual. I just said actual twice in actual. one sentence. You can tell we're getting towards the end of the uh, podcast because my brain is starting to go. In any case, they are. They've given the open dates for when Star Wars Galaxies edge is going to open for each of the theme parks so for disneyland in anaheim it's going to be may 31st and then for disney world in florida you got to wait till august 29th yeah that's a little bit so i'll miss it by just a smidge but uh um nonetheless i think what what an awesome awesome additions to uh the land of disney for both parks and i'm excited to see all the new marvel inclusions and star wars Oh, it's going to be so awesome. It's gonna, It'll be cool. Yeah. But, you know, I I go down to Southern California pretty much once a month. But, uh, you know, if I'm going to do Galaxy's Edge, I'm going to have to probably wait six months to a year after it opens. Yeah. Well, and it took us, I think, a year after Guardians of the Galaxy Breakout came out. So, and, uh, well, at least for me, I don't know. You might have wrote it before me. No, no. With you no, was the very first time. Same time, yeah, man. That yep. was such a such an epic ride. I love that ride. That was that was cool. But I mean, even when Cars Land opened and the uh, uh, the Lightning McQueen race ride, forget about it. It was a year before I rode that because the lines were just ridiculously long. Right when you could have just went to Florida and rode it when it was just test track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same same ride just. Called it was generic test track. It was sponsored by uh, Aerosmith. It, was it that one? I think it why was. Is still, why is Aerosmith still there? I don't know. <laughs> it's a fun roller coaster, but talk about dated, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, you know it's it'll be good. Um, I think we've reached that point in the podcast where it's definitely time to wrap it up because my brain is fried. Yes, and it's this, now... this is the late night ones. Now, we're going to try to shoot for those middays. Last week, it was a morning one where we were bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Uh, now we're uh, we're starting to fade. So we're going to have to call it a day here, folks. And thanks for tuning in. And, you know, as we stated at the beginning, a little long in the tooth, but uh, you can follow us now on uh, Spotify. Stitcher, Google Play, on top of your Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast fix, we're available there. Um, check out Rough Riders, um, totally rad, 81.com. 1981.com. See, I'm glad you catch me. I'm trying off the top of my head to remember anything to pitch. Um, Pop Culture Kaboom. Pop Culture Kaboom. Uh, I'll put a link on our page. And uh, thanks for listening. I don't have any words of wisdom this week, but <laughs> we appreciate you guys. And uh, thanks for the constant feedback, the subscriptions, and the support. Um, like we said from the beginning, we do this just for fun. And uh, we really appreciate you for listening. Thank you. <laughs>